Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who That Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all fans of the Saints. As part of Fanside, as always, I'm your host, Tyler Raymond. And I'm also your host, Dayton Brown. Episode 22 is here, and we'd like to introduce another ooh, ooh. special guest to the show. Uh, he's a familiar face. He appeared on an episode a few months ago during the off season. When I was looking in my Skype chat log, it was exactly like four months ago we last talked to this guy. So it's been a long time. Uh, he's hosted the Catch the Bliss podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud uh, and the description box below. Uh, with over 3,400 followers on Instagram, over 20 podcast episodes, and an extreme dedication to the future stars of the NFL, please welcome Christian Catanacci. Christian, how are you? How are you? Guys, pleasure to be back. It's good to have pleasure you back. To have you. It's it's been it's been way too long. It's been crazy. Um, I know it's been way too long. I, I reached out to you guys. I was like, I want to be back on the show because like I've yeah I've been listening to it as best as I could, and I've um I caught back onto the episodes, and I just love what you guys are doing. So it's a, it's an honor to have me back on. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're we're gonna have you on also later on in the season. You're gonna be on in another course, episode yeah. before the uh, uh, season ends. Also, I forgot to do the uh, audience clap for when we introduce you. So I'm Woo! gonna I'm gonna do that right now, real quick. For you, so. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Christian. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank um, you again. Thank you again. No problem, man. Uh, we're gonna do a little mini Q and A with you before Tyler jumps into an experience uh, about the huh. Buffalo Bills game that he went to on Sunday. Uh, so, Christian, first of all, how is the podcast? Guys, catch the Blitz podcast. Be sure to go to that on, on SoundCloud. Fantastic stuff. Um, and, and follow him on Instagram, too, for all the updates. But, yeah, how is the podcast going? It's going great, actually. Um, we just hit 20 episodes. Um, I just Congrats. transferred over from SoundCloud onto um, a different uh, platform. But I love I love what I'm doing. I'm only, I've kind of cut it down to one a week since uh, I'm busy with school and stuff. But it's going, it's going very good. Um, we talk about this, you know, same stuff. I actually have a big series going on on Instagram as well. It's mm-hmm. um, it's my uh, power rankings week. I post it every every Wednesday. It's actually going up as uh, as soon as we end this, and I kind of do my power rankings, how I feel each team should be ranked. And you guys will be very happy where you find out where the Saints are ranked this week. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw and I and I was very excited. I think I double tapped that on uh, both of, of two course, of my accounts. Of Hopefully, course. I did. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's been really exciting. Um, to see the development and when we had you on last time we'll go more depth into this uh, i remember you talking about how good of a fit marshawn Lattimore was because of one of your podcast episodes you did the uh uh the fit for for the draft you said if if, if the player fits with the team who drafted him or not and marshawn Lattimore was like your highest graded one uh, yeah and, and now i, I love pretty that, good i love that guy coming out i i um i can't like i have i have no words for how good he's been playing and i knew exactly how I knew exactly the player he was, and as soon as I saw the Saints take him, I was like, "This guy is a stud!" Like I, yeah, I was because he was one of my favorite. He was one of my favorite prospects, and I know people were kind of like shoving him off because of the uh, hamstring issue he had. But honestly, yeah. the guy's a baller, and you can see it as like he's he's just balled out since the first week. And you guys definitely, definitely got a. St- I mean, he, sure, he was picked eleventh overall, but he's still technically a steal because that's like a top three, top five talent. Yeah. He definitely got that draft for sure. Yeah, you know yeah, who else I had uh, hamstring issues? Uh, Patrick Peterson, and he turned out all right. So you know, exactly. I, I was exactly. with you on that boat. Of you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, also power rankings, man. Props to you. Power rankings are so hard to do, especially weekly. Like it, it's crazy. Like so much work goes into it. So uh, uh, props yeah. to you for that, man. Thanks, man. All right. So the next one we've got for you, Christian. Um, right now, obviously, you've been keeping track of like. What's been going on in the NFL? Obviously, we keep track of the Saints. What's of your course. prediction? Uh, you know, midway through the season, 
of who you think is a good uh, good contenders right now for the Super Bowl, both in the NFC and the AFC. Um, the AFC, I'm going to stick to um, my pre- preseason prediction. I had the uh, Pats and the Steelers uh, matching up AFC Championship. I don't think – I mean, when you compare AFC to NFC, it's a lot more wide open um, yeah. in terms of competition-wise. I mean, like the six seeds, like five and four or five and three or something like that. But um, I, I, I still think the Pats um, will eventually get to the uh, Super Bowl on the AFC side just because they got that experience. They got – Bill Belichick, they got Tom Brady, you know, the whole deal. They've been there a bunch of times before. I don't I don't think we'll see anything different this year. Um, they look to be picking it up again where they they started off a little bit shaky, but they should be back there. In terms of the NFC, um, I have a few teams that I think um, – personally, I you're going to like what I have to say right now, but I think that the Saints are legitimate contenders. Boom. If they can lock, if they can lock up that number one seed and have people go into New Orleans to play, I really think that they can. I mean, that's they have probably one of the hardest places to play in the entire NFL. And I think that they're legitimate contenders. If they can lock up home field, that is huge, huge, yeah. huge, huge. And I think that they can definitely cruise their way into the Super Bowl with Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees, obviously, he's a veteran. He's not – I, I wouldn't say he's not the same as he used to be, but the team is just – so much better than it used to be a couple of years ago, right? All around, yeah. your defense has improved. It's it's crazy how good you guys have come in such a short span. Of, I mean, I think that you guys can definitely get there. The Eagles, I'm still – I'm not going to say I'm not sold on the Eagles. I mean, they're 8-1. and one. That kind of be disrespectful to say that. But, I mean, when you look at the guys that they have played, I kind of see like Carolina, KC, those games jump out at me, and those games could have really gone either way. I still think the Eagles will be legitimate contenders, but I mean, they still um, they have a big game coming up on Sunday against Dallas, and I'm definitely going to watch that, scout it out a bit. But um, I think the Eagles are contenders, and I think there's I honestly, you may call me a little bit weird for thinking this. I I still think, and I still stand by to this day, that if Seattle or Dallas can somehow get into the playoffs. I feel like they can be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, Seattle, okay, yes, they just lost Sherman, but mm-hmm. Seattle is a playoff team, right? They're made for the playoffs. Yeah. They yeah. they get all that fired up. I mean, like their their fans travel with them everywhere. In terms of Dallas, a lot of people disagree with me. I was high on the Cowboys coming into this season. I think that if they can get if if they can just squeak in, I mean they'll have Zeke rested off the six game suspension that um he's serving now. And if they yeah. realistically they they don't have much uh injury. I mean Tyron Smith, they lost. He should be gone for a week and a bit. Sean Lee is a big loss. He should be two to three weeks. But like I'm saying, if if they're a team that can squeak in with a wild card, I think they could definitely be a force to be reckoned with, um, especially with a second-year good quarterback. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, you wouldn't – obviously, you want to see the um, the Saints uh, go to the uh, NFC Championship. But as like a scouter and as a guy that just loves to watch football, I would love to see like a, like a Dak Wentz kind of thing in the playoffs. I feel mm-hmm. like that would be a very like – you know, good thing to see. And the Rams um, is another team that uh, a lot of people kind of, you know, overlooked coming into the season. I, I'm gonna, I was uh, a victim to that as well. I actually predicted them to go four and twelve, and um, <laughs> that's looking like it's gonna go probably the other way. But um, the Rams are definitely surprise teams. I mean, everyone's improved. Todd Gurley's uh, he's balling out. I think that they're definitely a legitimate contender. Home field and away, it doesn't really make a difference for them because. I mean, their home field advantage isn't really big. They don't really get that many fans, which sucks because they are such a good team and they're very young. And that defense is um, definitely playing um, above par. But there are the NFC is just so close. But if I had to pick a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl right now, it would definitely have to be the Eagles or the Saints. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I feel like this Sunday, you mentioned it, um, the 
Cowboys-Eagles game could be a preview of the NFC Championship game. That's going to be really interesting. Exactly. exactly. And I think that um, a lot of people counted uh, count out certain teams. Like, I mean, Carolina yeah. is another team that I haven't mes- mentioned. But I think the team that's getting <laughs> overlooked the most is the Cowboys. I, I, yeah. I think that they're um, they're one of those teams that they can just get – when they get hot, they get hot. We saw it last year, right? And, um, I mean, the offense can put up numbers. And when that defense plays good, too, they really just have to hold the, an opponent to less than 20 – 25 points right because the offense is definitely capable of putting up 30 plus on a weekly basis so yeah it's definitely going to be excited to see uh what happens um coming down the stretch that's for sure if, if they can get a a decent seed in the playoffs um they're gonna all all of those injured players are gonna start becoming healthy around that time and they're gonna be scared exactly. in the playoffs uh if that ends yeah, up happening I, hopefully the saints are uh you know able to fend that off though i i, I, li- I like that you have them in there they should I like that. yeah yeah no i i honestly that's that's the saints have to respect them i always said that you know going to superdome is tough to play and if you guys yeah. can somehow i mean somehow you guys are definitely right behind your neck and neck with the eagles but if you guys can get that number one seed it's mm-hmm. going to be very tough it's tough for any team to go into new orleans and pull off a game no matter you know no matter yeah. the uh the talent difference or whatever, but this yeah. is just a, such a hostile place to play. And I think yeah. you guys can definitely, definitely um, are in reach of that first seed. That's for sure. Vikings are pretty darn good too with, with their yeah. pretty much the, the third string quarterback. And of at course, the moment. I, I mean, Mike Zimmer's doing a heck of a job. That guy is, mm-hmm. I, I think Ryan, know this is um, kind of off topic, but I think he's coach of the year right now. If I were to give it to someone, I like that. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's doing, he's doing wonders. I mean, he I has agree. pretty much nothing, right? Like, yeah. That defense is playing like crazy. I mean, they're like personnel wise, the defense is phenomenal. Don't get yeah. me wrong, yeah. but they're doing this all with Case Keenum. I mean, like they're it's it's remarkable what they're doing. Um, I think honestly, if I was the Vikings, I would stick with Keenum. Uh, but I the reason why I didn't mention them is because I think um, that they're going to go to Teddy Bridgewater. And I mean, with all due respect to Teddy with the comeback and everything, I just don't think he's ready yet. And I think they're going to finish somewhere between 10 and 6-ish because they still have some divisional games, tough divisional games to play yeah. um, on the road here and there. So um, that's uh, like just a waiting test. I mean, the NFC is too hard. I mean, it's it's well past the uh, midseason, but it's still so tight, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how tight it's going to be. The NFC yeah. is so deep. It's It reminds me of like the Western and Eastern Conference in, in the NBA. Like the NFC is the Western Conference, loaded, stacked, all these talented teams. AFC is the Eastern Conference. Like you got that one dominant good team, the Patriots, and like the Eastern yeah. Conference has the Cavaliers. After yeah. that, it's cupcake. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, of course. Pitt- Pittsburgh barely beat Indianapolis. Like, yeah, and exactly. they're the second best team in the AFC. Come on, man. But uh, exactly right. So, so it's gonna be tough. But um, I, I, I'd rather us earn that. You know, come out of the NFC like that. And of course, uh, of course, I like, I like, I like you guys as um as I, I would consider you guys underdogs too. Because I, I, not not many people are still talking about you. I don't know how. Like, I mean, you've earned a res- you should have earned respect by the whole league. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But Sean, you guys are definitely uh, dark horses. That's for sure. Sean Payton, kind of prefers us to be underdogs to be under the radar so i think he's trying his best to keep that under wraps which is why it probably hasn't gotten out for a while but um of course of um, course who's your mvp so far this season um i have two mvps actually tom brady and uh and carson wentz i think carson wentz is um is really that team without him is um i mean they got him the weapons that he needed and he's balling out so far i really like what he's i really like what i'm seeing from the kid he's um He's really taken the league by storm. I mean, it it, t- it took him to his second year, but that's reasonable. I mean, not every rookie is going to perform like a, like crazy their rookie season. It just doesn't happen so often. 
Um, but he's definitely he. If I had to pick an NFC uh, MVP right now, it'd probably have to go to him. That could change in the upcoming weeks. But he has that team. Um, their confidence is high. They're rolling right now. They think that nobody can beat them. And I mean, kudos to him. He's it's all surrounded around him, and he's cruising with uh, eight and one going into next week against the Cowboys. AFC, um, I think it's out of respect. You got to put uh, Tom Brady there. I mean, uh-huh. that team is it's banged up. Uh, it's and he's still he's. I mean, he's forty years old and he's still playing uh, elite level football. So I think he's always got to be in there in terms of MVP. If it goes by um, if it goes by true definition, I think you're still gonna have to give it by uh, Tom Brady because I mean the most valuable player to any team is their quarterback, right? So it's kind of like a quarterback uh, quarterback trophy, and I think it's either between those two so far um, in this season. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Tom Brady, I mean we see it in New Orleans as well of an older quarterback playing at a high level. In of course, and of so, course. So it's you know. It's great to see that with with Tom Brady as well. Obviously, a little bit more. Uh, you know, he's winning Super Bowls, coming back from from deficits. Uh, so you know, Tom Brady, the goat, still playing unbelievable. I mean, that that's what makes him the best ever. Um, so real quick before we get on to Tyler's experience uh, in mm-hmm. Buffalo this past Sunday, um, we had, we kind of asked you about Marshawn Lattimore's fit with the team. How do you think about Alvin Kamara, his fit with the Saints? How he was, how somehow he fell to us in the third round. I don't know how that uh, happened. I'm glad it uh, did. Talk about his fit with us. If you actually look back on uh, on my Instagram page, I posted um, my top five running backs, and I actually had him as number four. Mm. And okay. I, um, I I made an article on a website just after the draft, and I said that he was going to be one of the players that outperformed his draft position. Why? Because Alvin Kamara in college talent wise was yeah. a first round pick without a doubt yeah the only the only issues that team had with him was his off field his attitude but i mean it's looked like he's straightened it out because i mean yeah. sean payton's a tough coach to get by with that stuff so i mean like he kind of probably straightened him out he said listen if you want to play on this team you got to be like this 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 and he's listened i mean the guy's balling out you guys have probably the i mean before it used to be Devonte freeman and um Tevin and uh, and Tevin coleman, coleman. Yeah. and now you guys you guys took that by storm oh and yeah you guys have the best the best dynamic duo back there and you guys are the, your run games improved a ton I, I I was always a big fan of Alvin Kamara coming out and I, I I mean outside of Alvin Kamara I loved Mark Ingram I was always a Mark Ingram guy I mean he was probably the most one he's still I think he's one of the most underrated running backs in the league and just to have a good talent like Alvin Kamara back there it fits so well because you guys can really you can attack him from all angles, and you got Michael Thomas on the outside. He just fits so well in that offense. Just gives you guys another weapon for Drew Brees to have fun with, and and just put up more points. I mean, you just put up fifty against the, yeah. the Bills. So, I mean, it's, it's it's definitely good. Yeah, we love having him. It's awesome. Yeah, of course, of course, he's fit so well in that system, and and he's going to be so good for you guys for years to come. Yeah, and I, I know Dayton can probably agree. We can't wait for that, but. As we transition into our next segment, which I'm sure a lot of people can't wait to hear about. It's funny because on Twitter, a lot of people were asking me, so how, how was the game and everything? I didn't tell them simply because of this moment right here. All right, guys, this is uh, what I thought of the Saints Bills game. So Grab your popcorn. You know, yeah, grab your popcorn. <laughs> uh, in, in case you didn't know, in case you're looking under a rock, November 12th, my dad and I, we went to the Saints Bills game. It was a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Uh, west to Buffalo. I live in Syracuse, so uh, it, it was a drive there. But um, let's see. Where should I start? Do you guys know who Brian Baldinger is? 
Yep, yep. The uh, Baldy NFL on Twitter. Yeah, he break. Christian, yeah. do you know who? No, I've never heard of him. Who is he? Okay, so basically, if you look him up, uh, basically, if you look him up, uh, Brian Baldinger on Twitter, he used to be an NFL offensive lineman with Indianapolis, Dallas, and Philadelphia. And now, I couldn't really find out if he works with a specific uh, television program, whether that be ESPN, NFL Network. Well, he mostly... Hmm? It, it's He works for NFL and NFL Network. Oh, okay, So he works cool. for them, yeah. Yeah, so, but what he does is, though, uh, like, if you follow him on Twitter... What he's known for is reviewing tape on players. Like, he does, like, a, a breakdown Mondays where he breaks down different tape. And especially who he's been uh, very high on lately is mm-hmm. uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. So, it's funny, though. Uh, me and my dad were standing outside the stadium, right? And we were just waiting around because it wasn't 1 o'clock yet. And they didn't let anyone into the gates until, like, so uh, much later. So, uh, he, he's a very big guy. And he was wearing a like a bright blue suit, and he walks by me. And I didn't recognize him at the time, but he looked familiar. He said, who that to me? I'm like, who the heck is this guy? I look <laughs> at him for a bit. As he walks by, I yell, Brian? And he raises his fist. I'm like, no way. Because I've seen his tape. I, I, yeah. I'm the one who retweets it like every Monday at Marshawn Lattimore. So I ran by him, and I, I wasn't fast enough to uh, get a selfie with him. But I got a photo of his back, so I think that's pretty impressive. Well, okay, <laughs> uh, about the game. So the Saints dominated the Bills. If you didn't see it, you should watch it because, like with this show, you're going to need some popcorn. Um, Yeah, six rushing touchdowns and 300 rushing yards. Woo! The Saints absolutely dominated them. And I think I'll be the first to say, at first, they got me worried because of, um, I remember the first opening drive for the Bills, uh, when uh, LaShawn McCoy ran down for like 20, 30 yards, I got super nervous. I'm like, great, this is going to be how the game was. But the defense stood up, and although they had a couple of big plays against them, they shut them down. It was incredible, except for the very, like, near the very end of the game where Nathan Peterman threw a touchdown, a garbage, uh, garbage time. But um, what else? It was super cold. Uh, me and my dad, we actually had very good seats, and we were. Uh, Bumbled up very well, for what I thought at least. It, it was like under 40 degrees, so around maybe like 38, 36. And yeah, it was cold and it was really, really loud. Uh, Bills fans ended up giving me a headache <laughs> by the end of it because we had drunk guys all around us screaming, you know, on like every first down, second down, third down, come on, Buffalo! It, it was just, it, it was so insane. But um, yeah, I couldn't believe how much we ran the ball. Like, I, I get if something's working, but uh, I've only seen, this would be my third uh, Saints game I've been to. I would love to see Drew Brees throw the ball more. But um, what else? I, I love the atmosphere of it. I think Buffalo was super cool, you know, like, uh, in a away game, in the chilly, cold, like, the chilly temperatures of Buffalo, New York. Like, how much better could it get, you know? And the Saints held the ground, and, oh, my God, it was so amazing, you know? To tell you the truth, like I, I love the passion, the energy. I unfortunately I wasn't it uh, near the sideline where Mark Ingram um jumped into, mm. but I saw that in the highlights and the streaker was pretty funny. If you guys know what I'm talking about, yeah, there yeah, is, I saw uh, that. I saw that. I saw that. It must have been the guy's birthday because he was in his <laughs> birthday suit. Uh, but I, I, you can ask all the questions you want to me about it. But honestly, I I love the game because me and my dad. Uh, the only games we've been to is uh, for the Saints, uh, specifically. 2014, 
at Cleveland and 2015 at Philadelphia. Both games were losses. So mm. me and him were we were very excited to see the Saints actually dominate on all cylinders. And the funny part is, was it wasn't even the end of the third quarter. And I'm going to see maybe like 40 to 60% of the Bills fans were just leaving. Like, man, this is perfect. Like the icing on the cake, you know? But, yeah, of yeah. course. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah that's Oh, awesome. it was the best part. And then, oh, at the very end, uh, in case nobody saw it, um, all the Saints fans, including me and my dad, we moved down. Like, it's the very, very front section. And at that point, there were so many Saints fans. The security couldn't really do anything. But um, we, uh, they started huge. Uh, Who that chant? And, like, Mark Ingram and Craig Robertson were, like, dancing. Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. Nice. That's, yeah. That's a great experience. Yeah. Oh, that, my God. It was That's incredible. super awesome. Christian, have you ever been to an NFL game before? Of course. I'm actually going this weekend. Wait, which game are you going to? Dallas, Philadelphia. Oh, you, you lucky oh, SOB. You got good seats? Of course, I'm sitting um, by the 50 yard line. A couple, uh, twenty one rows up. Twenty twenty one rows up. Yeah, my man, my man. Yeah. You, have to, you have to take some epic photos yeah. for us. I'm glad I have of you course. on Snapchat. I, of course, yeah. You, you're Post gonna see. You're Snapchat. gonna see. A, you're gonna see a bunch of um, a bunch of Instagram stories, Snapchat stories. You're gonna see everything. It's gonna be very, very cool, and I'm excited. I actually, leave tomorrow um, tomorrow afternoon to head down there, and. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I actually went. Um, I I've been. To, I went to Dallas earlier this year because my uh, my uncle and my dad are fans, and um, I took. I I went with them. They had an extra ticket because I was supposed to. Uh, they were supposed to bring someone else, and they're like, "Oh, you want to come with us?" And I said, "Might as well, right?" So they had an extra ticket, and I actually went um, week four against Green Bay. I don't know if you saw my Snapchat story then, but I was mm-hmm. there as well. So, mm-hmm. and I'm going back there now because uh, my uncle's a season ticket holder. So Ooh, he so he uh, he just. Goes to a couple of games here and there, and he sells the rest. Because I mean, from Canada, you can't really go right. to every game, right? So, yeah. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see that. I'm going to scout it out. I'm excited to see uh, uh, Wentz versus Dak. That's for sure. That, that's, yeah, man, football games are so exciting, though. Yeah. Whatever I mean, what game you go to, I've never, know? I've never been to an NFL game before. Unfortunately, you need to change. I know. That I know. Right now, I what? almost went to the uh, Bear Saints game, but uh, that. It, Almost it fell through. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, um, you, you should hop on with Christian, see if you can uh, fly down there and uh, meet up with him. There we go. There we <laughs> of go, course, yeah. of course. Um, uh, I have a I have a question for Tyler that I totally just forgot. Oh, uh, Donna was at the game as well, fellow who yeah. dish contributor. Donna, that's right. She was at the. I didn't get to see her though. That's right. Why? why, why I was expecting so you guys to meet up, happened... take a selfie together or something. Yeah. No. What happened was. Apparently, like, she got stuck. She was hanging out with some friends. So, basically, me and my dad got there super early. We, I think we got into, like, the parking thing by the time we got there. I think, like, 9, 10 o'clock. So, for most of the time, we, like, walked around and stuff. And we never ended up uh, finding her. But it was super cool, though, how many Saints fans there were, though. Yeah. I'm telling you, they were hundreds upon hundreds. Like, uh, me and my dad were, like, almost relieved because at the very beginning, going into this game, we thought, oh, great. It's probably, like, 90... Uh, uh, I think this day killed like fifty, sixty thousand, like fifty thousand to like a hundred people. And we thought we were gonna be like, I thought they were gonna make it very known that we were at a away game. But there were so many Saints fans there. Honestly, it was probably like seventy thirty as far as like Saints fans. You know, like the percentage. Of course, of, of course. Uh, yeah. Those fans, the Saints fans. But no, That's it was great. Yeah. I feel bad though. I sent me Donna though. She. She was trying to text me during the game. I'm like, I'm sorry. Me and my dad didn't get food. Or she was on the show, she was on the show last week. No. Yep. Yep. That yeah. Was her. Yeah, yep. yeah. 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 I I I, I listened to that um, that uh, podcast. I listened to it last week. Yeah. 
That's awesome, cool. man. Thanks. Appreciate that. That's awesome. Of course, of course. Um, uh, anything else yeah. you want to? I, I don't. Um, you you did a good job telling about the experience. I don't really have any questions. You covered you covered most of it. Um, uh, obviously, obviously it was cool whenever the Saints scored. You were obviously happy yeah. every time that happened. So that's good. Absolutely. It happened often. Well, um, I guess uh, another thing too. We always uh, tell people check our social media. Check mine on Twitter at Raymond Taylor M because yeah. I've been posting a billion photos of the game and even another thing too. Um, every well, the one time we went in Cleveland, I made a giant sign. And I had a professional photographer take a photo of me that I found, like, on the Saints website, like, three days later. And this time, not one time, but twice. So, uh, there's a, a guy, he's a staff writer for the Times Pecan, uh, NOLA.com. He took a photo of me and my dad uh, right by the very edge of, like, the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, you can walk down, like, as far as you can get down. You're practically touching the field. And there's, like, a good group of Saints fans there. And um, he got a photo of us there. And then I checked the next, uh, like the next morning after the game, and lo and behold, like thirteen photos in, I find my dad talking with a Saints fan, like holding his hands up. It's just super funny, though. But um, yeah, it was great to see like a, a Saints win. You know, uh, I, I, to be honest, I was a little skeptical, you know, considering uh, Buffalo was like a very tough opponent. But considering we ran it down their throats, and yeah, we sort of put their, uh, we put our uh, black and gold boot on their. Um, uh, their blue head. Uh, it wasn't very pretty for them. Yeah, I agree. I'm very happy to say. So, who that? Go Saints. Who that? Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you had a good time, and it was. Uh, yeah, game. man. We just meet. Uh, we need to make sure you go to a game now. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Don't worry. Next just hey, one up. Hey, okay. The closest team to me are the Seahawks, and so I I, I like how you mentioned the Seahawks earlier uh, about them being built for the playoffs. Uh, Christian, because I hear that every single year down here, they're like, ah, oh, they, they chalk up the Seahawks so much, so, you know, I, I just get sick of Seahawks stuff. And the Saints don't play the Seahawks too often, but, man, I need to go to a game soon. Really, You absolutely need to. I've been, I've been to one college football game that I saw uh, the Ducks play down in Eugene, Oregon. Fantastic place to go. Autzen Stadium was great. Actually, it was right before Mariota got there. Oh, really? They didn't there get to go. see him. But I, I saw Kenyon Barner go for like 240 rushing yards in the game. So that yeah. was cool. But uh, anyway, Tyler, let's jump into this uh, Saints-Bills game. Let, let, let's analyze this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first or should I? Go, go ahead. Okay. So if I could just pull it up very quickly. And um, let's see here, folks. What do we got for you? Okay, guys. So the New Orleans Saints, in case you didn't hear, we demolished the Bills. We crushed them. There is... They were on life support. We took it off. Sorry for the <laughs> weird joke there. But, um, yeah, we ended up beating them 47-10. to 10. Drew Brees, our Hall of Famer. Surprisingly, he didn't throw for very many passes. He was 18 of 25 for 184 yards, com- completing 7.4 yards per attempt. He had a 92.8 rating. On the opposite side, you had Nathan Peterman, who actually stepped in for Tyrod Taylor near the end of it. The funny part is um, we actually uh, found out today uh, that uh, – Nathan Peterman is actually going to be taking over because mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor is going to be benched. Uh, yeah. Peterman had a touchdown. Taylor had an interception. Peterman was 7 for 10 for 79 yards, 7.9 yards per attempt. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is 9 for 18, 56 yards, 3.1 yards per attempt. Um, Let's see here. As far as everything went, I know Saints fans, of course, we were absolutely a little worried about how Taylor and McCoy, uh, Shane McCoy, were going to do in the run game. We held them both to under 100 yards total combined. And actually, a fun fact, the Saints held them 
uh, under 200 uh, total yards of offense. So there's a great stat for him. Sean McCoy was eight attempts uh, for 49 yards, 6.1 average. Tyra Taylor had three attempts for 27 yards. Let's see. Their highest scoring receiver was Calvin Benjamin. In garbage time, he had three receptions for 42 yards. And other than that, they didn't really get any sacks or interceptions on us. We had one forced fumble early in the game from Josh Hill, who was trying to go for extra yards. But for the Saints, however, we had an amazing day. Uh, Mark Ingram had 21 attempts for 131 yards and three scores. Alvin Kamara had 12 attempts for 106 yards and a score. Trey Edmonds, our backup, because we obviously don't want to wear down our main starters, came into the game and had nine attempts for 48 yards and a score. Even our boy, Drew Brees, the GOAT, uh, had a score himself. So all around, it was a great game. Michael Thomas had over 100 receiving yards. Let's see here. Alex Okafor and the big man. Sheldon Rankins had a sack, and in case you didn't see this state, and I figured I'd point it out, um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Sheldon Rankins actually had his first sack of the season dedicated to Nick yep. Fairley by doing his dance. I saw that, and, yeah, his little uh, yeah. sack celebration. That was cool. Yeah, 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 I thought that was super nice. But And also, the big man, Sheldon Rankins, I've been always a big fan of uh, big guys uh, uh, having huge plays for their team. He had an interception that almost went for a touchdown, and it was pretty epic because um, it's funny. While me and my dad were watching this, me and him were, like, talking. And then, like, I wasn't even, like, paying attention for a second. All I know was the ball being tipped in the air. And I see out of nowhere, at the, at the very, like, beginning, I couldn't tell who it was. I'm like, wait, that's a big guy for the chase. He's got the ball. And, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I couldn't even talk. I was so, like, in awestruck because it wasn't, like, a typical Saints player to get the ball. I was just like, <gasps> like, oh, my gosh. Heck of a game. But, yeah, a big man. Um... Uh, yeah, big man child of Rankins had an interception, but yeah, all around it was incredible. Anything you want to point out, Dayton? Uh, so let, let's actually. I'm. I'm. I want. I want to see what Chris has to say. Uh, okay. About the game, I, I. I just want to say one quick thing. The thing that I've noticed throughout the the, the Saints playing uh, on the seven game win streak is they always the the defense at least seems to scare us on the team's very first drive. Uh, we yeah. saw it in Miami, or we saw it in London against Miami uh, yeah. when the when the Dolphins drove down the field. We're about to score a touchdown. Luckily, Crawley got the interception. We saw it with the Packers in Lambeau Field. Aaron Jones gashed us for a really large run. And humbling went down there too. And, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And then um, and and now you in Buffalo you have Lashawn McCoy with that that huge run. And and you said so yourself at the stadium. You were like, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, every, like, like that was worrying was- you. Yeah. yeah, everyone was super happy over it. It was insane. But the defense got it together. So, Christian, yep. uh, give us your thoughts about the game. Just just, just some general what, – what did you take away the most from this game? A- analyze what went on for us. Uh, personally, I said um, – I was talking to um, Dayton earlier before the show actually got started. I think that this game solidified you guys as legit. You guys deserve the credit you guys have been getting. I mean, going into Buffalo and dominating the way you guys did – um, it's such a hostile place to play. I think you guys res- earned the respect of the whole league, and you guys pretty much said, hey, listen, um, we're here and we're here for real, and um, we're ready to take that thing uh, right to the championship and try and win this thing. That, I think that's the biggest takeaway I had from that. I When I was I was scrolling through the channels watching the games, and then I stumbled upon it, and I was like, wow, like, you know what? Like, <laughs> the Saints, really, like, you guys, I-, I was shocked. Honestly, I knew that you guys were contenders, but I thought that, this, I thought the game, like your win streak, was going to snap uh, in Buffalo because, I mean, I, yeah. I, 
talent-wise, Buffalo doesn't come close to you guys, but it's just going to Buffalo is so hard to win. Like, it's just a yep. very hostile place to play. And um, I actually predict you guys to lose. And, I mean, I'm happy that in terms of you guys, I'm very happy that I was wrong. But I, I, I give you guys all the credit you guys need. I really think you guys are legitimate contenders, like I've said before. And I think this is kind of like your coming out game. You kind of say, like, you know what? Here, we're here to, um, we're here to be a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, any 37-point win on the road, I, I think, falls falls exactly into what you're talking about, solidifying us. And I, I, I said this to you as, as well before the show. This game was so important, not only to win, but to win impressively and, and get people talking and, and believing in the Saints because our next two games are going to be really tough. They're, they're going to be against the Redskins. Yep. A week after that, we got to go up against the Los Angeles Rams who are on fire at the moment. Fantastic of offense. Course. So winning this game... What was obviously the first step. The second one was when d- demolishing the team and imposing our force. And, and now everybody's taking notice of the Saints, and, and I love it. Um, the, the, the great thing about having a great running game is that it's hard to adjust to it because you can only you know analyze it so much in film. I've been I've been saying that for so long. I think that running having a good running game. I mean, no quarterback, yeah. no team can be good without a good running game. I mean, look yeah. at the look at the big teams and the like. If you go through every team, they at least have a they have a good quarterback. They have a decent line. They can protect the quarterback, give them enough time, and they got a good running game. I mean, it goes yeah. hand in hand with success in every uh, position on the offense. And I think it's definitely huge that you guys got those two uh, beasts back there. Finally, finally, it happened. Yep. Um, yeah, over, overall, my thoughts on the game are pretty much right in line with you. There's not much too much to say uh, other than a bunch of positives when you know when you win 47 to 10. Uh, but you know this Buffalo team was very sound coming into this game. I, I I won't say they were very good or great at all, but you know they were five and three, undefeated at home. Um, they had so what scared me most about this game was three things. Uh, the first was the extra rest that they had because the week before, or, uh, you know, the the NFL week before they played the Jets, uh, who they got blown out by. Um, and then so so the extra rest was key. Uh, second one was Lashawn McCoy. Besides that opening rush that gashed us, didn't do much in the game. Um, and then the third is that they have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball with a pretty darn good defensive-minded coach and, and good personnel on defense that uh, they were going to be a little bit too balanced for, for the Saints to handle in a way. But yeah. uh, that was not the case. That Their defense got just absolutely, I mean, on the ground gashed. And, and, you know, they have good personnel on defense. They have good players. But they just yeah. weren't in it today. And we got to give credit to our offensive line. Andres Pete played lights out. He, look, I, I think I speak for a lot of Saints fans. When we drafted him in the first round, uh, 2015, I was very skeptical about him. When I heard that he was going to be playing a lot in his rookie year, I got a little bit even you know, more distraught about it, so to speak. But uh, I, I, I totally understand why we picked him now. He's, he's incredible. Larry Warford, great pickup by us this offseason. Ryan Ramchek, another fantastic rookie uh, that we got in the first round. That's surprising a lot of people. Uh, Max Unger continues to be one of the best centers. Uh, in the NFL, and Teron Armstead is finally healthy. He had that 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 pancake block, man. I love oh that. Gosh, when Drew Brees ran it. in for that touchdown, that pancake block was awesome. Uh, making yeah. Drew Brees look like Cam Newton uh, on that. <laughs> Michael Vick. I, I'll compare to Michael Vick, uh, former Falcon. Eager. How about that? He's uh, just as good. A, a former twenty-eight to three guy. Um, uh, but yeah, no, th- this game was fantastic. I, you know what? I'm so jealous of you, Tyler. Because I was about to say, <laughs> the only thing that would have made this better was watching it in person. And, and of you, course, got, yeah. you got to do just that. Uh, so that was I know. Yeah, but the Bills fans weren't very nice, though. So. I mean, some of them were, but most of them, 
I mean, I've got stories how you guys lead up. I'll do it in a French fry. A guy flipped out at me because I wouldn't give him a French fry and uh, oh, said wow. some choice words about the goat. So um, wow, yeah, wow. yeah. Bills okay. fans are uh, crazy. Bills, yeah, Bills fans. Bills fans aren't known to to be that friendly. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad I didn't get into a fight or anything. That's yeah, just the yeah. point. They threw the beer on Mark Ingram. I didn't like that part. But uh, but uh, hey, better him than me, right? No, no. I'm sorry, Tyler. No. I wanna. Hey, I didn't want my clothes to be stained. That means beer. Yeah. He probably enjoyed it. I don't know. <laughs> You're funny, uh, if Christian. If you had to give a game ball to anybody, who would it be? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Mark Ingram. Okay, I like it. Yeah, Actually, it was it was a joint effort from everyone. But I mean, when you put up three touchdowns, it's it's not yeah. something that that comes around often, right? No, but no, yeah, it, it, with the Saints, never, no. Of course, and I he was running with a purpose, and he he ran that ball, and you know he he deserves it. He deserves uh, he deserves to get that game ball. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say without him you wouldn't have won, but without him you wouldn't you made a, maybe wouldn't have done the certain things that you did. He right. really ran that ball hard, and he ran it down their throat, and you guys came out with a big convincing win. I, I would give it to him. That's for sure. Yeah, it, me too. Okay, for for me, yeah, it's uh, it's either Ingram. I might even go with Marshawn Lattimore. I think that he played great. I might yeah, even go for like comeback. Like if I had to give a ball for like somebody who like surprised me, kind of comeback type thing, uh, it would be Sheldon Rankins. I was I was, I was really excited with his uh, that interception was great. That run afterwards was great. You see Ken Crawley. I I, I love it on the replay. Ken Crawley is like making sure that Sheldon Rankins is behind him so he can go out and block somebody because he really wanted Rankins to score that touchdown. Uh, it was just great stuff. So this team is really starting to come together cohesively, both sides of the ball. Um, coaching staff is great. Christian, when we were 0-2, what what did you think about this team and compare them to, to kind of how you think about them now? Like when, when they were 0-2 for me, I was like, Peyton might be out of here soon. Breeze, we might have to get rid of him. Like if we go 0-4... Uh, compare that feeling you kind of had for us to now. I I had uh, kind of mixed feelings. Um, I predict you guys going eight and eight at the beginning of the year. So I mean, I wasn't really one to say like, oh, Breeze uh, should be out of here, Peyton should be out of here. Like I just spec- I just figured like, oh, okay, you know what? Like they're they're what I expected. Like eight and eight kind of team. I mean, zero oh, and two, you shouldn't re- like. It's not really like you're folding in the right. towel already, right? Right. I mean, any team can really lose two games and bounce back, right? It's all about getting hot and getting hot at certain times. But um, like, like I said, I love the way I, – I think that w- after you lost that second game, I think that Sean Payton kind of realized, like, listen, you know what? Like, he got that locker room together and he said, we're too – he convinced the guys that they're a better team than what the record shows. And that's what it's all about. It's all about getting your morale up and getting your players to believe that they can win – just like how we got to win. Like, I mean, it's like it was like a night and day difference. You saw the team after the 0-2 start to now. Like, they're, all, they're going crazy. They're loving it. They're having they, – they have everything into it. And I think it starts with Sean Payton. He's done, he's done a great job getting this group of guys to play for – with a purpose. I mean, like, the, the first couple of games, obviously your confidence is going to be shot when you start off 0-2. It's not, a, it's not an ideal start, but, like, again, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I feel like um, – I, right now, I have nothing, nothing but good words to say for them. Like I said, I've been saying it this whole show. I mean, they're really, they're true contenders, and I, they, they caught me by surprise. But like again, I didn't, I didn't think you guys were going to be a bad team to begin with. I mean, just I thought you guys were eight and eight, got a tough schedule, a tough division. But 
I mean, you're proving me wrong, and um, I want you guys to keep proving me wrong because I love seeing those dark horse teams um, doing something with their season. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Dan, I want to hear what you're going to say after this too. But I think uh, I liked what you said, Christian. But I agree too. You know, I think a lot of Saints fans, uh, like me, were very skeptical. You know, because we've seen this song uh, played before. You know, the Saints start off 0 and 2, 0 and 3, 0 and 4. They try to catch up a few games. They fall, fall or behind. They finally catch up to end up seven and nine. That was actually yeah. a pretty, uh, pretty perfect uh, timed uh, rhyme there. I didn't even uh, mean to do that either. But um, it's funny. Here's a, a stat just to prove the lengths of how dominant we've been and why I think we're finally, you know, on the other side of that coin. This was the first time in Saints history uh, with Drew Brees that the Saints had put up more than 40 points and Drew Brees didn't have to throw for a passing touchdown. Just goes to show, when you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback on your team, everyone always says, you know, make sure you get the most out of your best player. And we we barely used him. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He ran one in for, he ran one in, but we didn't, we rarely used him, you know? And I just I think that goes the depths to say that this team has completely taken that 0-2 record that they had and thrown it out the window, you know? They threw it behind them, and they haven't looked back, you know? And I think... It's just been insane what they've been able to accomplish. You know, their defense, most importantly, but I think just everything. They have a balanced offense. They have two phenomenal playmakers in the backfield. Man, I just can't even get over Even though this team still has weaknesses, it doesn't look like very many right now because they've been so so successful in what they're doing right now. I expect it to continue when they head to Washington. For those who aren't aware, we've been having a second part of this amazing podcast uh, coming out very shortly, so look out for that. Uh, Dan and I will be talking about the Redskins, the Saints, but yeah, hashtag ad. <laughs> hashtag that. Hashtag boom gang is more like it. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man, I can't. So funny. But that just shows their brotherhood and their cohesiveness, so so I love it. Um, yeah, I I want to give credit to somebody who has gotten been getting credit elsewhere, pretty much everywhere besides this show, uh, Jeff Ireland. Ever since he got on board with our front office fantastic draft classes uh and he's been able to make something out of like brandon cooks wasn't happy in new orleans he, he was gonna leave the team regardless he was able to get something out of that turns up to be ryan ramchick so you know that was good um this this draft class was great he was able to flip stefan anthony who isn't doing anything for the dolphins right now wasn't doing anything with us either uh, he was able to flip him for uh, another draft pick that he's going to use for next year. Obviously, it's not all him, but ever since he came uh, into the front office, he, he's been fantastic. So, you know, yeah, like I said, 0-2. Man, I, I said if we go into the bye week at 0-4, we lose to you know, the Dolphins, the Panthers, and after getting embarrassed by the Vikings and the Patriots, we got to think. Because 7-9 past three seasons, four out of the last five, like, and, and then you start out 0-4 another season. It it's beyond below mediocrity. Like, like yep. we, we can say those three straight seven to nine seasons, mediocre at best. When you go 0 and four in a season after being, you know, seven and nine for that many seasons, not making the playoffs in such a long time, you have to start figuring out a different direction that, you know, that that's what I was saying. But right after I said that the saints started turning around. So, you know, I might credit myself. Uh, I do want to give credit to Christian because he's been, talking about all of the predictions that have been coming true for him uh throughout the nfl season which is which is great like i love that like like you were so accurate with a lot of your stuff with you know draft classes and 
and whatnot. I mean, that's yeah, that's what I proud. That's what I pride myself on. I, I'm I'm good with. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm a scout and like all that stuff, but I I. I I tend to see the best in players, and I tend to see when people get too overhyped with kind of guys. Like, I kind of stick to yeah. the film. I'm not that really hyped guy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, oh, this guy's crazy. But, like, if I look at the film and the film tells me that he's crazy, then I'm going to believe that hype. But I kind of stick to my routine, and um, it tends to treat me well sometimes. I, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, wh- one more thing before Tyler gets, gets to the fan question. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about uh, Christian McCaffrey too, right? You 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 were kind of shaky on him when the Panthers picked him, and now he, he you know he's kind of meh, you know. Like like I was yeah. on the same boat as you. I was like, I don't know. I think this guy's a little bit too hyped up, and you, and you know you agreed with me. You talked about that yeah. in your podcast too. He's, and- yeah, he's a he's a system player. I personally yeah. think he's not really one of those. He's not like a guy that you draft in the top ten, like like a plug in and play like in any kind of system like Fournette, like Zeke, Gurley, like those guys, you know, like those guys can play in any system given to give or take, right? Alvin Kamara, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Trey Edmonds, the guy we just signed from the Bills practice squad, mm-hmm. all those guys. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. So shall I ask the amazing fan question that we have for us tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go for it. So I I took out the I I um Check out the Twitter to ask around C. Uh, if anyone had any Saints questions. And my boy, Jordan Carter, you can follow him at Carter underscore Era 22. He asks, is the 2017 New Orleans Saints better than the uh, 2011 and 2009 Saints? Let's discuss. Shoot. Well, okay. First of all, uh, need to mention real quick, we didn't do articles of the week because we're going to save that for tomorrow. But I'll mention an article right now that has to do with that because Roy Anderson, our editor, just came out with an article comparing these Saints stats or this Saints team and their stats with 2009 and the stats and whatnot. Great article, guys. Go and check it out. But, you know, that 2009 team, what we started out 13-0, and um, we lose to the Cowboys uh, week 15 or whatever. Yeah, and, at home. I remember, I remember that yeah, game. Yeah, that was, and that was one of the – wait. That was in our. That was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, but that was the same year. I think the new uh, Cowboy Stadium opened up, AT and T Stadium. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was the same year because you know the Cowboys were, were were big deal back then, but they weren't that great of a team. Uh, so you know, losing them. But then we sat out the rest of the guys for the last month of the season or so, and so we lost the final two games just because our, our backups were in. But um, 2011, I, what was was such. I I, I almost want to say that 2011 team, especially the offense was better than that 2009 Super Bowl team. I mean, I, I might be crazy for saying that, but that 2009, 2011 team, Drew Brees had better stats overall. Like, that offense was just getting the ball moving better. Um, but that, all those weapons, too. Yeah, and the, but that 2009 team, this is why I'm so excited about this team, the cohesiveness of that. Like, that was an absolute brotherhood, and that defense was able to get turnovers. Uh, Tracy Porter and Jabari Greer could get interceptions. Scott Shanley could force fumbles. Will Smith got the sacks. Uh, yeah, everybody. We have Cameron Jordan. We got Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, 2011, Alex Okafor. Alex Okafor is now on the edge as well, playing pretty good. Really of good, course, actually. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have our, our rookies on offense. So, you know, I, I look at it more as the 2011 team than the 2019 uh, in terms of the talent that we have. Because, I, like I said, I feel like that at least that roster of 2000. But that 2019 was able to just come together in a special sort of way and rattle off wins. Uh, so I'm glad that we have the same head coach and quarterback that we did in, in those two seasons still to this day, because you know, that's going to help us. Uh, what do you, what do you think Christian? 
I I kind of agree with you too. I, I agree that it's um that it's similar with the 2011 team. Um, I mean. Drew Brees is obviously not on the level that he used to be, but um, that's no knock on him. He's still playing right. good football, and he's playing football that he needs to do to win the games. And I think the personnel is kind of the same. You guys, I, I personally, I think that you guys are, in terms of roster, and I think of the way that you guys are playing right now, I think you guys have kind of the edge on them. Because, like, like I mean, the game evolves, right? Like, if you were to, if you were to play this team against the 2011 team, let's say you guys would probably have the edge because guys get bigger, faster, stronger. But with right. that... Uh, with that put aside, I think that it's it's very comparable the way that the teams are playing, the way that their the locker room feels, the way that the players look on the field. I think that in terms of um, I don't know how to say it in terms of uh, what do you like how they're playing, the play style, the way that they're like they're they're forte, I guess you know like they're how they're all like hyped up, they're all getting excited, you know, like before the game. I mean, it, I would compare them both ways, 2011 to this to this season. I think guys definitely have comparable rosters. Um, it's hard to compare, like I said, with the uh, with the dates so far back. But I, I definitely, you guys think I think you guys are definitely com- um, comparable in terms of the record wise. I mean, it's hard to finish thirteen and three. That's saying you're gonna you guys are gonna lose one game the rest of the year. But I think you guys are definitely more than capable to finish twelve and four, eleven and five, and that should win your division. I think yeah. if you guys can win some key matchups down the road. But I think they're comparable um, in that sense. Yeah, um, and. It's funny, as you were talking, Christian, I, I I took the need upon myself to look up a little bit of the stats, you know, from the year uh, 2011. Obviously, the NF going 13-3, Drew Brees broke the single-season passing yards. Yeah, what did he throw for, like, 5,500 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. ended up finishing 34.2 points per game and only had 24 wow. sacks, believe it or not. But the thing is, okay, so I think, obviously, the 2011 team was very good. I think... The Saints Super Bowl team, however, I think if I had to like compare them to one year, it'd be this year because I think everything is going their way. I think a lot of teams have those moments in a season where and you, you know, got to capitalize. Last, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to capitalize on everything. I think last year was a prime example for us of what we didn't do. You saw uh, teams, I uh, know you saw opportunities where the Saints were just shy of making an interception or just shy of getting a game-winning sack. You know and in most of our games last year, uh, we ended up losing by under six points. So I, uh, I'll say that. But I also think this year, I think it's special. You know, that Super Bowl team we had, when you look at it, besides Drew Brees and everything, there wasn't really anybody extraordinary on the team. You had people who weren't expected to do much, they outperformed, and they ended up serving the team better. I think you look at this year, Ken Crawley, undrafted free agent. Um, just, I don't know, that's one main example I've got. But I think right now... The Saints look special. I, I think right now what they're doing, what they've been able to accomplish, almost like a Cinderella story. You know, what team would you figure to start 0-2 with the season to win their next seven, possibly eight, you know, as they right. go home for the Redskins uh, this Sunday? You know, and I, I don't know how – I think it would be very hard to compare them as far as which of the three teams is, like, the best team. But I think the Saints right now stack up very well considering what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, what? I agree. Um, I So t- t- two things to hit on that real quick before we go to break. Um, I-, I think one of the things that this team has over both 2009 and 2011 is the defense is legit. It's very good. It's one of the top in the league right now, especially over the past seven games during the win yeah. streak. Even the 2019, that that defense, I mean, like I said, they were able to get takeaways, and you know, Will Smith could get you some sacks, but 
I mean, other than that, it was it wasn't that good. We we got gashed for a lot of. I remember a lot of the times we had to rely on Drew Brees getting us points because our defense couldn't stop the other teams from scoring. Um, and also the second thing. So the best team in the NFC at that time when the Saints were playing. Oh, in in two thousand nine when the Saints went to the Super Bowl, the best team in the NFC besides the Saints that year um, was the Minnesota Vikings, and Brett Favre was their quarterback, and he was like seventy seven years old at the time. And other than that, we didn't really have much competition. No, no disrespect to Brett Favre, but I mean, you know, that was like his last season. Um, but today in 2017, this team is going up against. We talked about it earlier in the show. The Eagles are great. Vikings are good. Rams are on fire. Packers. Yep. I mean, if Aaron, if somehow, I don't know if the, I don't know if this is possible. I heard that he was taking snaps today. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and the and the Packers sneak their way into the playoffs. Are you like all six teams are Super Bowl eligible at that point? Like yeah. all all six of those teams would be able to to get into the play. Panthers are good. Our the NFC South alone is pretty stacked. Um, so you know, it, it's I think it's gonna be just. But but again, this defense is legit, so that's why I have you know a little bit more confidence in them. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to say about the Bills game? Either of you guys? Uh, I've said pretty much everything. Cool. All right, guys. So. Um, Christian, go and stay on the line. We're going to come back with you with a fantastic Q&A about some of the rookies in the NFL. Uh, But we're going to take a break right now, which for you guys is about a minute. For us, is like three seconds of silence. So uh, stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We have Christian Catanacci of Catch the Blitz podcast still on with us. Uh, Christian, again, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Be sure to follow him on Instagram. That's where you can find everything, okay? And hit that uh, link in his his description to check out his SoundCloud. Uh, But, Christian, let's go into some rookie stuff. Uh, Obviously, your podcast is um, more of just, you know, NFL podcast as opposed to just more uh, rookie focus. But you're, you're still draft guru, great guy when it comes to that stuff so uh we're gonna ask you about some of the rookies we did ask you about the draft class last time you were on the show so i you know i feel like it's appropriate um per conference tell us who you think is the best offensive and defensive rookie so give give me you're gonna give me four rookies two from each conference okay perfect i'm gonna go with the afc first because i have a i have a banger for the nfc so um the afc um i'm gonna go with the defensive uh rookie of the year if i have to give it to someone right now it's gonna be jamal adams um, okay. of the Jets. I really think he transformed the whole locker room. I mean, he was known for that. He was brought in to be a leader on that defense, and he's done exactly that. I mean, outside the the Saints and a few others, I mean, the Jets are probably one of the most surprising teams this year. I mean, they just lost to the, the Bucks, but people were saying, oh, Jets 0-16, 1-15, first overall pick kind of thing, and I mean, they're, um, they're, looking, they're looking better than a lot of people thought they are, so I'm going to give it to him in terms of his leadership and his playability. He's definitely stepped in and um, has, has done the job since day one. And offensive rookie, um, I, I personally would have gave it to Watson, but he suffered that horrible, yeah. horrible injury. It, it really sucked to see that. I mean, it, it, as like as a draft guy, as a guy who loves college football, I just it's something that I just don't want to see. And um, I, I would have gave it to him, but I think I'm gonna have to give it to either Kareem Hunt and Fournette. Um, it's it's kind of a toss up. I'm gonna see how to I'm gonna have to see how they uh, finish off the season. I mean, they both kind of slowed down the most the uh, past couple of games, but um, I expect I expect them to uh, keep uh, keep the pace up. And then, as of now, like I said, it'd either be uh, Hunt Fournette. I, I'm going to give the edge to Hunt, just the way he kind of broke out onto the scene. But either or deserved the um, the uh, uh, best offensive rookie in the AFC. Um, in terms of NFC, you guys are going to love this. They're both on the Saints. I'm going Woo! with defense. 
Lattimore and offensive Kamara. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really don't think there's any question here. I mean, Saints fan or not, I think anyone can realize that both these guys are arguably, arguably, I mean, Kamara should be in the talk for offensive rookie of the year, even with Hunt and Fournette. That's how good he's mm-hmm. been, and that's how good of an impact he's had in both the passing game, running game, blocking game, everything. He's just an all-around three-down back, and you guys are lucky to have two of them. In terms of Lattimore, you, like... Like we all said, he was probably one of my favorite um, prospects coming out in the draft. And I think you guys got a stud. He is arguably one of – I, I would honestly put him as a top five quarterback, uh, quarterback, cornerback in the uh, in the leagues as of now. I think he's just had that big of an impact. I mean, he's locking down big-name guys like Mike Evans. He got into his head. He's doing exactly what you want to do with a rookie mm-hmm. corner. It's like he's – it's he, if you were to watch him without knowing that he's a rookie, you would think that this guy's been in the, year, the league for six, seven years. He's just playing like a vet, and I think that – I, I think it'd be a dis- you'd be doing a disrespect to these two guys if you gave the awards to someone else. Absolutely, slap in the face to Saints fans. I agree 100 percent with you. Look, and uh, I mean, you said everything there is about the Saints. As far as Hunt and Fournette, they did break out. Uh, would you agree with the point that pot? I, I, you know, you see this happen in, in football all the time. Uh, the a part of or the main reason that they started to slow down is that teams got tapes on them. They were able to kind of figure them out you know do you, do you um, think do you think that played into effect with that because you know they're rookies obviously you see them playing college but in the nfl it's so much different so cream hunt had that monster night against new england not a great defense but also they didn't have any nfl tape on him you know in regular season at least i i guess you can see a little bit of that but how i see it is if someone has talent no matter the tape he's still going to perform okay And, um, I mean, yes, obviously, when you get tape on someone, you can figure out their ways. But if they're meant to play in the NFL, they're going to adapt and they're going to change their style of game, right? Like, it's, it's how, like I said, how I see it is, yes, you can only have so much tape on a guy, but it's not going to necessarily mean you're going to shut him down fully. Because if you're, if you're, if you're true to who you are, you're always going to find a way to get around a certain player, get around a certain scheme. And I think that Hunt and Fournette, they should continue their um, their dominance. I mean, they, I wouldn't say that they're going to f- go and rush for 1,800 yards or whatever Zeke ran for last year. But like I'm saying, they're, they're, they're going to be well-efficient backs for many years to come, I think, for both of their respective teams. Um, but yeah, it's hard to... Like, I mean, you can you can kind of figure out a player. Like, you get what I'm going there. Like, you can figure out what they're what they're doing but it doesn't mean you can stop him because i mean if you have the if the talent's there you're gonna produce one way or another that's how i see it yeah yeah okay uh, yeah I, I agree with that point um it but it is interesting to see kind of how they are slowing down but still like that start by kareem hunt was great and the unfortunate injury to deshaun watson just sucks but this rookie draft class was was really fantastic um i think throughout the first three rounds you could argue that it's one of the deepest we've had in the past, at least in the past decade, uh, already performing. At, at least, like, like for these guys to perform this way, their rookie years in their first year, I, I think that they're doing a, a really, really good job. Um, speaking of draft, the 2017 draft, uh, I feel like you might say Alvin Kamara on this, so if he is your answer, you got to pick somebody else. Um, but who is the biggest 2017 draft steal or steals you've seen so far? Yeah, I I uh, I'm contemplating putting Kamara there, but I was like, okay. you know what, I'm not going to put him there. Too just biased. Be, uh, Too biased. Exactly. <laughs> so how how I kind of how I kind of broke it in is I actually have three. Okay. I have three um, 
they're all different positions. I have one on the offensive side, defensive side, and then I have picked a lineman, offensive or defensive. So I'm going to start with the um, offensive side. I have Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I um, love that guy. Love that guy. Honestly, personally, I thought he was a first-round pick. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was really high on him. I actually thought he was the uh, – if you go back and look at my rankings, I actually had him as the third-best um, receiver, higher than John Ross. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's a steal. I knew he was going to be a steal. The guy can ball – Plain and simple. Um, he's got the talent to do it all, and he's going to be. Um, it's 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 like that. Steelers. I mean, the Steelers have a ton of weapons, and um, that's why I think they're it. Just their talent base will keep them in it for many years. Um, because even if a quarterback comes in after Big Ben, they have so many weapons. They have a good running game, a bunch of receivers to throw to, and I think Juju Smith-Schuster is probably the biggest offensive steal outside of Kamara Hunt and those guys. But I'm just like out of respect, I'm going to give uh, show. Some other guys that are kind of in the shadows here. Um, Cam Robinson, uh, the uh, tackle that the Jags took in the second round. I mean, it's not really a steal, but this is a guy that people were talking at about for one point as like a top 10, top 15 pick. And he kind of slid because he didn't really face that big name defensive end that many people wanted to see, like Miles Garrett and all that, right? Right. But I really think um, Cam Robinson's um, done the job there protecting Blake Bortles. I mean, Blake Bortles isn't that great, but he's given them, like, in terms of just watching the tape, I've loved what I've seen from this guy. He's he's handling the job. I think he's led in, I think, two sacks all year, and for a rookie, that's pretty hard to do, and it doesn't come around often. So I'm going to give it to Cam Robinson. And um, my defensive rookie, uh, Steele, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to, it might shock some people. I actually thought um, I had two people, like, tell me, like, we got kind of got into an argument, but... I think it's Jordan Lewis. Um, okay. I mean, not many people know who this guy is, but I think that in terms of corners, that's really a good thing. Is he from um, Michigan? Yes, he was from Michigan. Yeah. I actually had him as a top five ranked corner um, going into the draft as well. And he fell to the third round, I believe. But he, um, I saw a stat, actually. He hasn't led a reception in since week three. On fit, uh, I think he had 20, he has 21 targets against and zero targets in the past since week three. So... I mean, I guess quarterbacks kind of said, okay, listen, like, you know, this is a rookie corner. They're going to target him. But, I mean, he's been – I'm not going to say he's locked down like Lattimore, but he's gotten the job done. and He's definitely outperformed his um, his draft ranking in the third round. And, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, for me to see, like, these guys, like, I, I know that they have the talent and I know that they're going to be starters. But for, for Jordan Lewis, I didn't expect him to be – I thought he was going to be a rotational guy. But he's looking like a true – slot outside he can really do it all and i think he um he's definitely a big steal and those are the big three outside like i said kamara and hunt um because i i mean the whole show's pretty much been on kamara so i thought i'd kind of show um show some love to some other guys and those are probably the biggest uh draft steals i've seen so far we've got one last one for you christian so obviously the 2018 draft is still something to uh, keep attention to with Although we have all these amazing teams right now in the National Football League, obviously all these teams look to get better. Right now, it looks like the Cleveland Browns are going to be having the first pick, as always. They're actually going to be having another pick in the top ten as well. <laughs> Who do you see uh, going first uh, in the 2018 NFL draft? Do you see it being a quarterback, maybe one of the many quarterbacks that could be taken? Do you see it uh, being maybe a defensive player? What's on your mind when it comes to the 2018 NFL draft? Um, personally, 
I think that it's going to be a quarterback. Um, I'm not honestly. If I had to pick, I'm just saying this based on like the whole norm. You know, like that quarterbacks, like oh, they have to go in that first. Like if a team needs a quarterback, they'll trade up the first overall to pick him, kind mm. of thing. Um, if I was an NFL GM, uh, I wouldn't. I would stay away from the quarterbacks this draft. I mean, it's kind of going to stop. It's, it might shock some people. I am not sold on any single one. Um, I, I mean, I think there can be solid, average quarterbacks. I think they can have solid careers, but I'm not in love with any of them. I don't think that they have the... Ch- I, I mean, it's hard to say, like, oh, this guy's not going to be elite, but, I mean, so, like, these quarterbacks, I just aren't... I'm not sold on them um, in terms of going first overall. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if one of them goes first overall just because it has the whole norm of quarterbacks going first overall if a team needs them. If I were picking first overall... I would take Saquon Barkley. I like um, that. I like that. I, I think he's. I think he's. Uh, he's a stud. Yeah. And he can do it all. He's a three-down back, and he's like one of those guys that you take in the top five. Not like uh, McCaffrey. Like I said, he's one of those guys that can play in any system, and he can get the job done since day one. He's probably. The, he's arguably the most talented um, person in all of college football right now. And um, I, I think he's going to go first overall. And honestly. If if this draft was three years ago, I would I wouldn't I would honestly think he'd be kind of a top ten fringe guy. So he's got to he's got to respect the Gurley and Zeke and Fournette for for kind of like reamping the running back position and giving it the respect yeah. it needs. Because everyone says, oh sure you can plug in uh, running back anywhere they're replaceable. Sure yes I guess you can say running backs are replaceable. But if you get an elite running back, it takes your team to a next level. If you can oh, get a guy, of course like. People say, sure, okay, running backs are replaceable, but to what extent are they replaceable? Like, can you replace an elite guy with a random running back? No, obviously not. And people will start to realize that once you lose a, an elite back, it's hard to replace that guy. Yeah. Because when you have an elite running back, it, teams have to respect the run, and then that's when the play action opens up big plays downfield. And you're seeing this with New Orleans this year. I mean, like, it's, you can, they have weapons all around, and that's what makes it great. And if I had the number one overall pick, I, I would pick Saquon Barkley without a doubt. I like that. I really like that a lot. Uh, and it, it also depends who gets the number one spot. And like you said, it also course, depends on uh, if a team trades up to go to the number. I mean, I when first mock drafts came out, nobody expected uh, RG three to be picked second. Uh, you know, after Andrew Luck, but you know the Redskins traded up for the Rams, so you know a- anything like that can happen. Um, as far as so let let's say a quarterback does go number one overall, would it be to you? Would it be Sam Darnold, right? Yeah, I, I, if I had to pick between the two, it'd be Sam Darnold. Yeah. I'm not high on Josh Rosen at all. I actually have him as the fourth ranked quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it, I have um, Baker Mayfield as uh, number two. Actually, I'm really high on him. I think that um, he can do some damage given the right system. Um, he's he's really tearing up the. Uh, the college football scene this year, but um, there are there are a bunch of guys that I think. Um, I mean, the quarterbacks are kind of in the same group. That's why I don't really love one, and I'm not sold on really any of them. Uh, I think that, like I said, they all have average careers, but yeah. I, I'm not sold on any of them being elite, or I'm not in love with any of them like I am, like I was with Wentz um, when he came out. So I've been hearing this rumor. It might not even be. It might actually be accurate. Uh, I listened to Colin Coward. I don't know if you guys listen to him. He's a Pacific Northwest oh, yeah. native. Love, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy his show. Um, but he has an inside with USC and a lot of stuff going down there in Los Angeles. Uh, he's really close with Sam Darnold and the head coach over at USC. Um, 
And he has been saying on his show that uh, if the Browns have the number one pick in the draft, Darnold is going to really, really consider staying in college for another season. I've heard about that. Um, I, I heard that too. I don't know how true that could be. Because, me neither. I mean, like, it, that's kind of like a scumbag move. Like, Kind of. Like, I, yeah, I think so too. Um, like, you're just like, it's like, like, if you're so good, then you should be able to change a franchise around, right? Right, like it's, right. That's how I kind of see it. Like, he has no confidence in himself if he's really, like, he believes in that whole, right. oh, 23 straight quarterbacks or whatever that is. Yeah. But I, I, I think, it, I don't know how true it could be, but if it is, I would, honestly, I would lower his draft stock. I would stay away from him if that's the case. I think it would hurt him more than help him. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, I want to say his agent, what, this is, again, this is just a rumor that I also heard attached to it. Heard that his agent was, you know, well, actually, he, he doesn't have an agent. Maybe he's like financial man. Somebody above him was telling him that because, you know, of the Browns. and. But uh, I agree with you. Yeah, if you're Sam Darnold, you have to have the confidence in yourself to yeah, of course. think that yeah. you're going to change the franchise. You know what I'm saying? But, man, that that would be crazy if, if, if he decides to stay. Like, if he decides to stay in college, if the Browns have – uh, the number one overall pick, and you know he doesn't specify why. Yeah, I think that. But it, but if he is openly honest about it, that's that would be that would be crazy. But yeah, you're, yeah, you're I right. Think. I mean, like I, that kind of shows lack of maturity. No, like like overall, like you know, you like like you just said. You, yeah. I I I at least want a quarterback who's willing to. Of course, I want to change exactly. Team, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, doesn't trust the franchise. It's just awful. All right. Well, guys, this was a fantastic podcast. Christian, really, really enjoyed I, having you on. I Thank loved, you so I much. Loved it. I loved it. I'm, oh, I'm so excited to uh, to be back on the show yeah. um, this upcoming month, for sure. Uh, if any one of our guests end up falling out past, you know, next few weeks, uh, you will be the first one. We will put. We will have you on speed dial, Christian. Of we course. love having you on. Whenever you guys want me on, just message me. I have, I'm, I'd be more than happy to join whenever you guys would like me to. Love it, man. Uh, go and plug away your, all of your social media real quick, man. Um, so you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram. That's my main page at um, at Catch the Blitz. If you guys want to follow my uh, personal Twitter, it's at Chris Catanacci. Um, I'll you guys will put that uh, at the bottom as well. Yeah, we, um, that's kind of where I talk my most football. I'm I'm uh, average like on there all Sunday, tweeting my thoughts on the game and stuff. And then um, on Instagram, I post all my all my kind of you know eye catchy posts uh, for the week. Just give something to give the reader. Um, something to look forward to and i'm actually um in the works of creating a website um a catch the blitz uh, website where i'm going to post um some blogs like i'm going to post um like articles interviews podcasts all that kind of thing so that's in the um that's in the making it should be done um within the uh, next couple of weeks so look forward to that but with that being said that's pretty much everything and like i said guys thank you so much for having me on the show And um, it's been a blast, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the next future shows. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to that website. That's gonna be fun. Of be, be sure to give us the link as soon as it's uh, of out. course. Of we're course, gonna, of course. We're, we're gonna spam click that stuff, uh, <laughs> Christian. If you don't mind, go and stay on the line while while Tyler and I do our sign off. Uh, yeah, Tyler, no worries. I'm gonna give you the floor, Tyler. Go ahead, man. Thanks, man. As always, we want to thank everybody for tuning in for supporting us in what we do. And I love this. And we appreciate knowing that you guys enjoy our commentary, our feedback. So thank you for that. Make sure to check us out on our social media. Uh, first off, let's uh, roll down with what we've got on Twitter. So you can follow Dayton, the man over there on the other side of the microphone. You can follow him at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official Who That Dish 
uh, podcast account at the WDD podcast. Make sure to also check us out on Facebook. Just search Who That Dish. I'll bring you to the main website about uh, the articles we write about, everything there. Check that out. Also, make sure to search us on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. We are on those websites, too. Just search the Who That Dish podcast. But, yeah, man, we're rolling through the 20s like it's no tomorrow. I'm so happy to say that. But, yeah, if you love what we do, just make sure to stay tuned. And we love posting polls. Actually, we have a poll, too, that... Uh, I forgot to mention earlier that I could pull up right now pretty quick for you guys. So we had a poll. I announced, I posted this myself. We asked, so let's see if I can find it. Do, 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 do. Okay, of these options, what record do you think uh, the New Orleans Saints will finish with? So we had, uh, we asked them to comment below if you think the record would be 10 or 6 words. No one commented below. Thank you for that. And 43% <laughs> of you said 12 and 4. Of the options were 14 and 2. 13 and 3, 12 and 4, 11 and 5. 43% of you said 12 and 4. So thank you for that. But yeah, if you want to stay connected with us, check us out on everything I just mentioned. But yeah, the floor is yours, Dan. Great stuff, man. Uh, thanks for being such yeah. a great uh, co-host. Uh, you know, as always. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. The sport has been unbelievable. This is not me bragging. I just want to throw this out there. Through the yeah, first few weeks of us uh, recording the podcast, we had about 150, 100 to 150 listeners per episode. Uh, we're up to we're, we're eclipsing 500 listens per episode now, so wow. it, it's been going really, really well. So we want to thank you guys so much for the support. It's been skyrocketing. Um, so tomorrow, most likely, either it's either going to be tomorrow or Friday. Tyler and I uh, will be having episode 22B, where we do a quick little uh, preview for the Redskins. We are also going to be new developments here as we were recording this podcast. Yep, breaking news. We are going to be uh, guest co-hosts uh, on uh, Defeat the Curse podcast, which is a um, Washington Redskins football, obviously, uh, podcast. Uh, asked us to come onto their podcast. Uh, we're going to be on there tomorrow. So uh, be sure to go to our Twitter. You, you, we, we were replying with them. They're at Defeat the Curse. Um, and we should be on their podcast tomorrow. So, guys, be sure to uh, tune in for that. Um, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Be sure, be sure to go to whodatdish.com as well. Read all the amazing articles on there. If you're not living there, you should be. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon.